Running Sentences presents Ghost Sands Part 2 Ghosts of the Past The investigation into this mysterious house continues while an old criminal now wanders free. This story is written and narrated by Michael Henry. It is a work of fiction with any names, characters, businesses, characters, and or events are purely fictional. Any resemblance to real people, real situations, events, characters, businesses, and or stories, and fictional stories, characters, events, and, and etc. is purely coincidental. Copyright 2024, Michael Henry. All rights reserved. Zevian, also known as Malcolm Mord, found himself pushed outside of the gated prison walls, with the door slamming shut right behind him. He spun about to glare at the, what guards were there, but he could no longer see them as he desperately held onto the box he'd been given of his belongings. In it was his old clothes, not much use these days since he'd sort of gotten into shape, but he'd need to change soon. The orange jumpsuit he was wearing was a dead giveaway that he was not to be trusted in the slightest. Stupid guards, don't even give me a phone call to have someone come get me? Not that I have anyone anymore. He looked about for any help from the nearby road. There was no one there, and the parking lot was also spotted with cars, but uh, none looked to be friendly to him or to have anyone near them. So that was out. Do they really expect me to, to walk to wherever the hell the closest town is? His yelps drew nothing from any of the guards, and since there was no one else around, he began stomping his way towards the road. A glance that way and this way showed few signs and that said something, but they were a distance away from him, so he couldn't get a read on which direction he needed to go. With a grumble, he set off towards what he figured would be the closest sign on his right. It was a bit of a hike, but he got there. Town of Burns spot 20 miles. They expect me to walk 20 miles to get to this place? What the hell is up with all this weirdness going on? There was a nearby rumble of a car which drew his attention, and he turned to make sure that is exactly what it was. They came to a stop not far behind him. A trap, I knew it. He took a step away as the driver's side door opened, and out came a person in a dark cloak with a wide-brimmed hat that blocked any visible expression from their face. Welcome back to the real world, Mr. Mort. Having frozen in place, after having taken a step back, Mr. Zevian didn't know what to do or to say to this. The man looked eerily familiar to him, but he couldn't tell why. No matter how he looked, there was an aura of darkness that snapped about him when he looked towards him. It drove Malcolm back a few feet now that he unfroze himself. Do I know you? We have the same boss, I suppose, who wishes for the greater good to happen to this world. I can take you to him. Zevian Mort decided he did not want that and took off running down the road away from this figure. The overly filled attic that Laura and Bart had discovered upon climbing the stairs was a disappointment. There were plenty of things to explore and look at, but none of them gave off the feeling of being otherworldly. From the weird paintings they'd found tucked into the corner to the chests that were strewn about, 
They contained little other than old clothes, which looked like they belonged to a bygone era, that they were well past. With no signs of anything, the duo made their way back down towards the second floor. In short order, they discovered the dust-filled bedroom that seemed to be the one room that they'd found so far that wasn't taken care of in some form. They moved about this space, looking at things here and there. They arrested the man in this room, right, according to the report? Yes, the cops charged in here, found him late at night and uh, near the bed, and the only thing that uh, was weird that the bathroom door was locked. They both looked at the little room off to the side with a little hallway leading up to it and a broken door to it. The bathroom looked to be a small, intimate space, but beyond that appeared to be nothing special. What was in there that caused them to do that? No idea. A kidnapped kid, maybe? But they were never found in that space, so no? I'd be surprised they didn't tear down the whole house looking for a little one. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. But, um, if this is supernatural, how would these demons get the kid crossing through planes and all of that of existence? Well... You find a weak spot between those and where they connect and come close to when a demon or other creature, if they're strong enough, can cross over and inhabit or might call, or you might call it a possession of a person, since being over here isn't exactly healthy without the proper temperatures, I guess. They went into the bathroom looking for anything. The mirror over the sink was open to reveal a cabinet behind it. There was a shower-bath combination off to the corner, and a toilet that looked dry. So, if the kid was in here, how does the demon get through to here, and why here? Bart, who'd opened the mirror, now closed it and poked at the surface once it clicked into place. It was solid, and his finger made a bit of a thud when it connected. You've probably heard horror stories about mirrors and their connections to other places. Could be this. Uh, there is some truth to that, uh, but only in certain circumstances, and they can act as a way through. So you're saying a demon manages to connect to the mirror during the famed hour of devilry or witchery, and then does what it wants, kidnaps, possesses a human to kidnap kids? Why kids? To this, he offered a shrug. He didn't have an exact answer in each case that, from what he knew, was probably special in how it dealt with things. Nothing ever happened the same way, otherwise it would be easy to cross over or close off any connection, he figured. He took another small glance about, about before stepping back towards the door, giving Laura space to move about. Well, it's a strange area, but nothing about it is setting off that sense you claim that I have. You also said that you had a feeling about the place. Don't try and hide that. Anyway, the only thing missing from the file we usually get was the floor plans and the history of this house. Ah, the old theory of a home built on a graveyard. Not a strong one, but uh, dead spirits rarely care about uh, such things. They go to a different plane than those of demons. How do you know that for sure? Uh, you don't want to know what I've seen and been through. Uh, let's say I've traveled far and wide across places. So you're either a demon then, or an angel, or perhaps something else? He nodded. 
definitely something, I don't even know exactly what it is that I am, just that I've seen a lot of places and been to a lot of them. Great, just great. I have a walking, talking mystery with me who won't help me solve a mystery. Well, is there anywhere else we're going to go to finalize this case, since there's nothing here? Or can we wrap it up in uh, probably that weird shit happened here and we don't have answers? The boss won't accept an answer of probable case of supernatural. And yes, we do have a place to go. I want to see if the town hall has any records of this house. The two moved to head out, but checked over a few of the other rooms to make sure they contained nothing of interest first. Since that was the case, they headed back to their car. The two had settled into their seats in the front of the car, with Bart now driving through the twisted back roads. Up and down hills, they went back towards the center of this little town called West Rochester, set in the middle of nowhere and with poor radio reception. Despite that, they had the radio on an AM station that they could get, and it was boring as boring could be. The local area news was what was going on. And in terrible news for the local area, the criminal, Zevian Mort, now known as Malcolm Mort, accused of kidnapping and making many kids in the area disappear, has been released from jail. It came as a surprise to the jail who found out they had released him today. That wouldn't be... Yeah, that's the one whose house we were just at. They glanced at one another. There was no doubt it was a suspicious circumstance to have this happen at such a moment. When contacted about it, the mayor of West Rochester said they had nothing to say about it. The sheriff offered that if a criminal had done his time, that they were nothing more to say on the matter. They did indicate, though, that they'd be keeping an eye on all things involving the criminal. The radio went silent, then cut out altogether as they went down a hill. Still want to close this case on a potentially unsolvable matter? We have no evidence that they're linked yet, so we don't really know whether us visiting a house or him getting released from jail is connected or linked yet. And our boss is going to tell us to see if there is one or not, so it's best to just keep at it. Bard had to nod at that point. There would be no escaping looking further into this crime, into this supernatural matter. There was something odd about it, yet there was a stupid simplicity to it as well. Demons crossing over and takes a hold of humans, kidnaps kids, potentially. It had happened before, although without much fuss, since it had been a far, far away area. Granted, that might be because it was a different age and era, or so stories had claimed about missing towns and kids and everyone just sort of going along with life. I'm going to work with you on this. You don't have to keep pushing me towards your point. The suspicious look, though, that she didn't trust him never left her face. The streets of the little town of West Rochester were not busy as when they got onto the main street. Mostly empty of any life along any of the sidewalks or activity that would denote a town of repute. Bart had pulled the car into one of the many vacant parking spots in front of the town hall, and right next to it was the town's sheriff's office. Two squat square buildings with an area defining feature other than their shape stood out about them. 
Laura was first out of the car and was quick to get across the street before Bart had even fully gotten out. What's the rush? Where are we? Why are you rushing? I thought you wanted to finish this case up quickly, and wouldn't it behoove us to move quicker than the news we've heard? I'm saying that rushing only gets us a little bit closer, and a lot sloppier to the point we need to be at. She had crossed the street by this time, and was headed up to the front stairs of the police station, which she hadn't expected. Not rushing will put us behind, and there's something going on. Well, then shit will go to hell as well as us if we don't get in front of it. Bart merely sighed as he looked both ways before crossing the road. He did not go up the stairs to the police station, though, preferring to remain out of their grasp. He always got funny notions about him when he was around. Strolling in, Laura found herself at the front desk that blocked any way further into the station. There was a lady at the desk writing on a notepad, but paying no attention to the new entrant into the building. Excuse me. Yes, what is it? I was hoping to retrieve some information that appears to have gotten lost. We don't do that here. Undisturbed by this, Laura had pulled out the file she had on the case and plopped it onto the desk. The top of it read Police File of West Rochester. I say you have a problem, then, because my boss has come across all of your information. Still not looking up, this worker's name, tag, which read Lucy, opened the file and began looking through it. Once completed, she merely hit a button on the phone and lifted the receiver to her ear. Chef, we have a problem at the front desk you might want to attend to. The phone was hung up, and the file was held onto as Laura reached back out for it. How did you come across this? It was given to me as a case to study what had happened. I believe the files are in public record by this time. I don't know about that. We will see what the sheriff says. Heavy footsteps greeted them as a man with a bit of a gut came from almost nowhere and was now by the desk. He looked over at Laura from under his wide-brimmed cowboy hat that seemed to be at least a couple of more gallons than it should have been. Hello, and what seems to be the problem here? This lady has an official police document about the kidnappings of Azevian Mort, now Malcolm, and his kidnappings. Now why would you have that? As I just explained to the worker, it is free information thanks to a court case which released it to the public. My boss got a hold of it, and now I'm looking into the matter. Well, isn't that nice? Why? To see what can be learned, I suppose, but my priorities right now is that there is missing information in there. What kind? For one thing, there is no layout of the house included. The sheriff snorted, doffed his hat, and put it over his chest in an apologetic fashion. We don't include that kind of thing in our reports unless the case has something to do with the architecture or some such stuff. Anyway, it wasn't my file, so if it doesn't have it, then it isn't my fault. Try Town Hall. They might have something on it. Laura tried to hold in her annoyed side as she looked between the two. Neither seemed to want to be the least bit helpful as she grabbed up the file as the secretary, or just Lucy, released it. Thank you for your time. If anything comes up, please feel free to contact me. Laura pulled out a business card and placed it on the desk, where it was promptly ignored. This time, she let out a sigh and turned and left. Down the stairs, she went back to the sidewalk and looked at Bart, who stood off to the side of it. 
He joined her as she walked a little bit towards the town hall. Uh, you didn't go into the sheriff's office? Yeah, no, I've been arrested a few times. Cops always seem to think I'm guilty of doing things, although they're never able to express what the issue is, and generally they let me go after a little while, but uh, yeah, I don't feel like getting arrested. She then bound up the small stairs, after walking a little bit, to the town hall with him following her in this time. In they went to a quiet entrance where they had an old look to it. The place was taken care of and clean, but had the feeling of being built ages ago, and now it was simply good enough to keep using, despite the various neglect it had seen over the years. Their steps echoed about the room as they'd come into it, but uh, there was no desk to greet them, just a sign pointing off to various offices. I'm electing you leader of this operation, Miss Laura Green, so lead the way to wherever you think we need to go. She went up to the side and looked it over to see what it said. There is the administration office, accounting, files, town planning, records, and location services. These all sound similar to one another. How do they get things done here? Remaining silent, Bart looked about the place, getting a feel for it. The uneven floors and all wooden painted interior gave him a homely feeling, but there was also something there. It felt like a place he didn't want to stay for too long, and it just the back of his senses said there was some weirdness here. Pick one and we'll ask along the way, okay? With a nod, she stepped past the sign towards the hallway beyond it that led to a variety of offices. Running had worked a while for Zevian, but uh, the car had actually followed him, and he'd also stayed to the road since the woods had been thick and uh, uninviting to explore any further. Now exhausted and tired and hungry, his pace had slowed to a slow crawl of a step or two at a time. Finally, having had enough of this, he just turned to the following car. What do you want from me? Are you some sort of journalist trying to get to the bottom of what happened those many years ago? I don't know what happened. It wasn't me who committed the crimes. The car rolled to a stop next to him and with its engine then turned off. Mort continued to study the situation as the man got out of the vehicle once more. Mr. Zevian, I know you are responsible for the crimes, since we were the ones who ordered you to do it. There's no avoiding it, and we would like you to resume your wonderful work at once. All it takes is a nod of your head yes, and we can begin again. What? I don't want that. The man continued unperturbed. I am Mr. Mister, a friend who has helped you along the way without you knowing it. We are an organization of cooperating beings, a loose group that helps those in need. I can tell you all about them, if you come with me, of course. Zevian Mort looked at the dark, sleek, black vehicle and the weird, mysterious man that had been following him. There was a foreboding feeling emanating off of all of it, and he didn't like that one bit. Nothing about this felt right to him. Explain who you are. I will tell you about the organization. Not them, you. If you want my trust, give me something about you that makes me want to trust this situation. 
Very well, I have already given you my name. I will, I will tell you that what seeks your help is from a plane beyond this existence. That doesn't explain or help me trust you. What does that even mean? The man had already begun approaching him without him noticing, and stood now right in front of him. This mister was taller than him by a good several inches, and although he looked thin, there was this feeling of immense strength that came off of this man. It makes sense when you stop thinking like a normal, boring human being. There are many worlds out there on different planes of existence. A moment passed with a dubious look from Malcolm towards this man trying to decipher this riddle of words. Aliens? No, think more mystical. Unbeknownst to Mort, he was being led gently towards the car. They were almost at the passenger door when he blurted out, Demons! Yes, very good. Our organization helps demons connect with humans for the greater good. Didn't you say, though, you you played a part in doing things like kidnapping? Yes, and it is for the greater good that we had you help us. Sometimes people fail to understand what it is that we're trying to do. But you got it from the first moment we met. The car door was open, and he found himself sliding inside. I helped you? Our lives depend upon you and your services of helping us. Zevian was still very confused by all of this, and was shaking his head as the door was slammed shut. Mister joined him in the car, getting into the driver's side, and as he started up the vehicle, he eased it back onto the road. Demons want my help. Why and what for? More will be explained when you get to the appropriate location. Don't you trust me? I offered you so, so much. That required thought, and Zevian, despite his best efforts, felt like he couldn't think much. No thoughts, but a confused mess of ideas, and the word demons kept bouncing about inside his mind. I don't know. Don't worry about it. It'll all be sorted out in a good time, and you will see it all as clear as day. Ralph sat in the executive hut for the mine. They'd had it built to give them a place to escape the beating sun that never sets on this plane of existence. Across from him was Book, who sat in a corner in a meditative state. What am I supposed to do while you're like that, hmm? A useless demon who thinks he knows it all. Can't keep kept saying wait and we will see. We will soon be connected. Letting out a rough growl, Ralph grabbed a nearby tankard and then chucked it at his fellow demon. The clay object shattered across Book, but did not disturb him one bit. I hate wait, having to wait for a sign that I can cross over to do my job. Stupid humans can't make things easy. A knock on the door caught him off guard, and he glared at the only way in and out of here. Which of the brats could be at the door bothering things now? He didn't know of anyone brave enough to try, and that made him curious. And, of course, it would only be brats willing to try. Come in, little one. The door creaked open, and in stepped a young girl. Her face popping in first, and she looked no more than ten years old, dirty, sandy, and just worn and beaten by the sun. 
There has been a cave-in in one of our main caverns, sir. And what caused that, sir? Was it more ill work from you fools? No, a quake and things began tumbling. I didn't feel a quake. Uh, well, I, I don't know. It might have only been in the mine. The demon slowly nodded, thinking hard and fast about what to do. Is it the main chamber or something in earth just off of the main chamber? The little girl let her mouth drop open a bit, and he let her stare off in the distance, thinking that gave him a chance to contemplate things like if the demon Malfaus was trapped inside the mine. What not, but would that free him of him and his contract to them? He couldn't leave, could he? It would be risky to even believe in such things. The main tunnel branch that we were digging into, not the main main one, but the main branch. Ah, yes, I see. But is it before or after the one that sits in their little dugout cave off to the side? There's three main side caverns that we've been working on. Oh. There were a few more thoughts from her, but uh, Ralph had uh, enough of this. The only answer that would come would be by seeing for himself. And the kids were too stupid to know anything, and so he rose abruptly from his spot and charged out of the shack with her following him. The main cavern didn't bother him much. He could see in the darkness, but it was his boss he was worried about. The creature never liked him, and so it always made a point of trying to get rid of him, even though they had contract. Dismissal never happened, since he was such a good connection to humans that he could never be done away with. The tunnel, though, was clear of any obstacles as it was getting closer and closer to the boss. In fact, he could now clearly see the doorway that would lead into the chamber of his boss, Malfaz, and a snarl crossed his lips. There would be no escape. I knew it. Useless kids thinking they know things when they don't. Here I am getting my hopes up. The door to the place of Lord Malfaz's area flew open with a clatter. It swung hard and almost made its way back to closing itself. However, the door was kept open by some invisible force. Come in. We need to talk, Ralph. But, my lord, I need to oversee the work of clearing a new tunnel collapse. It is why I came down here. I know you do not like me, but I, I am just doing my job right now. Do you think I cannot see your thoughts? Come in and let us settle what is wrong between us. Our time is near, and if you are not on the same page... Instinctively, Ralph, who would rather do anything and everything else but go into that space, found himself going towards it. His feet were headed right through the door, which slammed shut behind him. The dark, sickly, warm interior made for an uncomfortable space to be in. Ralph had gone in, looked about, and tried to figure out what to do and say next. If it was true that Malthus could read his mind, then he had nothing that needed to be said, since it would already be thought out aloud. Why do you hate me? Oh, I don't, Malfaz. You are, however, keeping me here to help you dig this hole with no signs of any real success, so yeah. 
Ah, yes, that's a little problem. We are working on that, though, aren't we? It's your job. A little patience and you'll be on the other side doing what you want already. Through a possession and not actual control, though, boss. There is a chance for that, though. I've heard stories that there is a demon who is there of his own free will, on Earth, with humans and in control of himself, mostly. Ralph gulped at that thought, since it sounded way too good to be true. He'd always wanted. They would not allow themselves to be taken in by something so sinister and simple as this thought. There was potential, though, to know more. A new doubt is a fake story meant to rile up the masses and get demons to dig more portals, but uh, if this demon did cross, they would likely be under a strict contract, wouldn't they? Potentially, they could be, yes. But we do not know, and we should find out, shouldn't we? There was an achy feeling of warmth and coldness that were crawling up and over and up and down Ralph's stubby arms. This sounded like an offer to send him over, but how and why him? Although he did have good connections, so it made sense, but they didn't agree on anything, and yet this offer, and supposedly he hated Malthus, and Malthus knew this. So what's the catch, then? You agree to work for me on this, and your freedom may be granted from me, if you can find and bring this demon back across. Okay? How would he even know where to look for such a creature? And hidden under human skin, it wouldn't be easy to tell the difference. He barely made out the difference between the people last time that he'd possessed, and now being asked to do this? Do you know where to find them? Unfortunately, I only have a vague idea, Ralph. These types of quakes that are shaking us are only come around when another demon is interfering with things and generally on the other side which means he's near our portal and we know where our portal is so go find him and stop him please the word please threw more confusion into the mind of ralph this was unusual behavior for a demon and uh, he wasn't sure if he could stand it at all a decision needed to be made quick, though, since there weren't many opportunities like this, and he didn't want Book to get it before him. Agreed, but on the condition that I am free to do this totally as I wish, unencumbered by the likes of you. As long as it doesn't draw too much attention, you are free to fight and destroy as you wish. But I warn you, it won't be easy if you don't have a little help. Agreeing with this with a nod, Ralph was ready to depart, but Malthus raised his great maw of his hand and arm and snapped his fingers. In an instant, Ralph slumped over, a limp body without bones, and merely dissipated into the ground. A bit of a trek took Laura and Bart about the town hall until they found a small office actually tucked under the staircase that led to a basement area. There were more offices down here, and there was even more of a maze to find anything. But they did. With a knock on the door and, and the help of another worker, they were shown in and told to wait in this tiny space that consisted of a lot of cabinets. What are we expecting to find in this place, Laura? 
He glanced around until he saw the placard that gave the name of the office and the worker who worked there. Uh, This is the planning office. I guess floor plans to the house to see if there is anything odd about it. Other than that, maybe who else has looked at it? But that is it. Where does that really leave us? We have nothing, really. She frowned at that thought as they waited. I guess call the boss and, uh, I suppose see what they want us to do after that? The door opened and a harried-looking young woman stepped in with files piled up in her hands and nearly falling out of them. Guests! People coming to my little office! Oh, what in the world, what is the world coming to? Yes, hello, uh, Miss Sally. Oh, we wish to see, uh, to talk to you about seeing some floor plans for a house. We were directed here saying that you might have them. You have uh, permission to see the floor plans? We have an agreement that allows us to access to such things from the state government. Uh, Oh, do you have that in writing somewhere? I'd like to see that to make sure that things are all good. I I, I don't want to lose my job from strangers seeing records that they shouldn't. The worker had animatedly dropped the files onto the already overcrowded desk. Bart looked over to Laura, who, with a grin, pulled something out of her purse. Apparently, they did have something that would prove this. It was his first time actually seeing this, and he'd just been lying, vaguely told about such things. A letter from the police and state government allowing the search for information pertaining to cases that we have. The letter was snatched away by the lady, who began reading it over to herself, mouthing the words. Bart leaned in close to whisper to Laura. Is that fake? It sounds fake. Some of it is made up, yes, but uh, its broad powers granted to us were assigned by the person in power and of persuasion, namely the governor. Do you have a number I can call to confirm this letter? Yes, it should be right at the bottom of that letter. The old rotary phone receiver was picked up by Sally as she began slowly circling it about until the number was entered. It took a few minutes and some nods from the worker who voiced some things into it, and she didn't really actually have much to say, but had gone ashen white until she'd hung up the phone. I I guess it's okay since people said it was okay. What plans are you looking for? Zevian Mort, oh, or Malcolm Mort now, I believe he's calling himself. Sally squinted at them, trying to see if there was something she was missing. Both, though, kept a blank expression on their faces. And what does this pertain to, case-wise? I mean... We're looking into the kidnappings he did. That's a simple investigation to make sure that everything was searched high and low. You know the type. Busy work for lowly employees and such. She nodded along at this, and then turned to face one of her many, many cabinets. Which she then went over towards. A short search brought out the plans, which were then splayed out onto the desk haphazardly. There you are. Look at them, but no taking or copying them, or even photographs. The two did as they were told, looking over the plans, which showed a fairly simple house. Nothing out of the ordinary, though both noted that the attached patio deck area and greenhouse were not on it. After making sure they knew what they needed to know, they thanked the lady and departed. The hot afternoon air was not a surprise when they came out to it. The town hall had no air conditioning to speak of, which had made things in that tiny room 
uncomfortable very quickly. Laura, once outside, had given Bart a quick look to tell him she was going to make her call to their boss and stepped aside. He let her, but still listened in from a little distance away. Boss, it's Team Red checking in on what we have gotten so far. So soon, I didn't expect to have anything for a couple of days of quiet from you. Well, things have been moving oddly fast and slow so far. Uh, We think we might have an active spot, but we don't have any proof of anything yet, and it feels like a dead end here unless you have some advice on what to do next. Their boss cleared his throat directly into the phone. (coughs) Yes, I do. It sounds like you need to investigate some of the locations that the kidnappings happened at. There are still in the few in the area. Uh, Closest to town is an old campsite. Still operates, though it may be the off-season, I think. I don't know. See what you can find there and other places, then get back to me again. Are you sure? I mean, the house had a weird creepy feeling and energy and some additions to it that shouldn't be there. Bard also acted a bit funky, but uh, I'm starting to agree with him that there isn't much here. Do it. The conversation ended, and she'd hung up the phone, tucking it away into a safe spot in her purse. Bard approached after a moment, since her mood had darkened and she was looking about. Where are we off to? A nearby camp. Our boss didn't give a name to go by. Bart was quick to get out his phone and do a search on it. Day away, camp away? That's a terrible name for a place. The internet says it's a day camp, though it can be rented out for nights as well. Is it near here? Twenty miles or so. Great, you're driving then. They moved towards the car, with Laura stomping her way over towards it. Opening his eyes, a groan came to the lips of Ralph, as he began to move about. A sore strangeness had settled over him as he tried to make it make sense in his head. There was a rattling noise as he sat up and realized he was in the body of a human. It was an ill-kept one, though, judging from the way he wore tatters of clothes. There was no way to get used to taking over a body, especially one with lots of problems and issues, like every part of him hurt to hell and back again. All right, trusty, it's time for you to get out of here. I know you were ranting and raving about religion again after getting drunk. You really should stop doing that. Both of those things, by the way. I feel different. I think there's something wrong with me. The words were out of his mouth before Ralph could do anything as a sharp pain overtook him. It took only a moment to realize he wasn't the only one in this body. Sharing such things never worked out well, but if he kept quiet, then maybe this trustee wouldn't figure out what was going on. Though, indication was he already knew something was wrong. The police had let out the vagabond, trusty, on his own reconnaissance, while Ralph had kept very, very quiet inside the body. Trusty had complained that something was wrong, but it had been waved away by the police. This, though, Ralph smiled at, knowing that people wouldn't believe the old codger in his claims. It would make taking over that much easier. Oh, Mr. Trusty, how are you today? Trusty swung about, looking for the voice of, but that was there, but there was no one near him. His head swiveled about to make sure that he really was alone. 
Who is there? What is going on? Are you the voice? Are you a voice in my head? What What are you doing? Have you Have you come to visit me? Oh, what a smart soul you have! You must be so proud of it and its ability to realize that something is terribly wrong with you. End of part two of Ghost Sounds. Thank you for listening.